0: I'm donna and i'm carrie and we are paranormal chicks episode 237 why do i hate the way i say my name i I sound like i have a marble in my mouth curry i don't know that is
1: not what you
0: it's like the k i can't get the k out it's like i don't know i hate the way i say it well you know
1: i say your name actually wrong i say curie so every time i have to say it for the podcast so they know how to actually pronounce it i have to say chair
0: carrie but it's actually spelled curie I know, but... Kind of. K-E-R-R-I, but whatever.
1: <laughs> I can't help it. Kerry.
0: Well, okay. I still have not finished Dahmer.
1: Oh, my gosh. We've got, like,
0: one or two episodes left. Y'all, that is heavy as fuck. I know. I told you. Like, just... I have needed a couple of breaks. And, I mean, spoiler alert. Remember whenever I said what was it two weeks ago three weeks ago when I was like hey we had to stop recording because turns out I have bronchitis turns out it wasn't that I have pneumonia yeah so I've been kind of tired lately (laughs) so it's like a come home and like go to bed kind of thing yeah because your girl's immune system just isn't good but with that said I'm hyped up on a steroid and albuterol so I'm like on the yeah. inside like my inside smells colors but um <laughs> but on the outside it's like if I laugh or talk loud or whatever I'm like hacking you know a
1: steroid pill does not do that to me
0: my face is it looks like I'm sunburned <laughs> my a co-worker came and was like why is your face so red because I hadn't seen her and while. was like yeah. why is your face why are you so red and I was like I'm on a steroid yeah I got
1: a series for you okay it's on peacock so I don't know if it's only on peacock or what But it's the Vampire Academy and there was a movie and I never watched the movie. Like I couldn't get into it. And so I like don't know how anything ends, but it was a series of books. It's from the same lady who did the Vampire Diaries, like the same producer. So, you know, it's all kinds of goodness up in there, like love triangles and all the good teen stuff that I love and then supernatural
0: stuff. Oh my God, I'm obsessed That sounds like something 100% right up your alley. Yes. (laughs) Which is why I think I haven't
1: ever given Harry Potter a chance just because they were so freaking young. And so it's like, no, I need intrigue. I need hookups. I need all of this. I don't need an eight year old. Yeah, but
0: it's good it is good you know
1: what else is good oh god patreoners oh okay so we're
0: just taking it down an octave or two well you couldn't do it high and i can't go that high and yeah i definitely would have ended up at a compliment Yeah. yeah donna and tiffany are literally gonna both roll their eyes and say gross at this but i always you know that song have i told you lately that i love you I always sing that to Colby, and I can't right now because it'll make me cough. And so he told me last night, he was like, I miss you singing that song to me. Oh, Lord. Told you. Anyway, thank you, Sarah J. from Michigan. Larissa S. from Michigan. Okay. Holly G. from Texas. And Sarah A. from Canada. Thank y'all so much for joining the Patreon. If you want an episode shout out just like them, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast.
1: And a whole lot of other shit, y'all. We have bonus episodes. We're doing Am I the Asshole right now? We have I Survived, A Walk to... Re- no, why do I always do that? A Crime to Remember Everyone. We don't cover Mandy Moore's movie, you know, what else? What else do we have? Milk Carton Mini. Little extra slices, little mm-hmm. tidbits that don't make the thing. And Patreon just launched this thing where no longer are you going to be charged the first of every month like if you've been being that way that's how it's gonna be but if you sign up like today you'll get charged a month from now you know so it's gonna keep like if you sign up on the 17th you'll be charged on the 17th of next month so that's huge
0: yeah that's totally awesome because people were signing up on like the 28th and then get charged to get on the first and there was literally nothing we could do about it yeah oh so it has been a
1: long time coming very happy about that. I saw that announcement and I was like, oh my God, thank you. You had to opt into it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, opted in so freaking fast.
0: Well, some other stuff that's going to be on the Patreon is, of course, our Halloween bonus content. It's coming up. It's spooky season. <laughs> <laughs> well, might just be spooky season. Look, we have done the 31 nights of Halloween for a couple of years and it's just getting so difficult to come up with 31 things to do, to be quite frank. So we're going to trim it down again this year back to the first year and do 13 nights of Halloween. So we'll still have some of the same stuff. We'll have some kids stories. We'll have we'll have some tarot card readings for Patreon only. All of the same stuff just condensed a little bit back to the 13 nights of Halloween.
1: Oh, so when you were saying that person was from Texas, okay, so we were playing Faz the other night, Phasmophobia, and there's this one farmhouse, it's called Grafton, but I don't know why, but one time I was like, Grafton? But I can't even do it right, and so last night, we were doing it, and I was like, "Oh, Grafton, and then I was like, wait, Grafton, like, was doing all the things I couldn't get, I was like, I lost my Texas and my Grafton? What's going on? <laughs>
0: so be looking out we'll be talking more obviously because more episodes come out before then but around october 19th be looking out for our halloween content (laughs) so remember an episode or two ago when we were talking about like tiktokers were i don't know why i said tiktokers so weird but tiktokers we've been watching i told y'all about the one who worked in nonprofits that had been reading everybody's 990 she's gotten so many like Violation and reports on her. Literally, all she's doing is reading public record. Wow. I tell you who they came for the most on. Oh, okay. Susan G. Coleman. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. People came from her the most for that one. But first,
1: dun dun dun.
0: Well, a guess is back. Apostrophe. And we could not be more excited. My skin is saying thank you, thank you. Okay, well, I didn't know you wanted to sound like a lollipopkin. <laughs> Well, you know what, Because of apostrophe, I be looking youthful as ever. Well, that's what's so great about Apostrophe is what's Donna's goals, what's my goals may be different from your skincare goals. And that's what Apostrophe is here to help with. Sometimes you can feel overwhelmed by the amount of choices that are out there. What do you need for your skincare? Well, Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with
1: an expert dermatology team to get a custom treatment for your unique
0: skin. So if you need help with acne, if you need help with rosacea, with fine lines, with acne, with bacne, with nackne, with all the nacknees. <laughs> Apostrophe can help you reach those goals. Here's the thing too, though. It's not just topical medicines. It's oral medicines too. How can they do that, you ask? That's because it's an expert dermatology team that creates this plan. So like it's a legit board certified dermatologist that's going to create your first customized treatment plan. That's why you're able to get the good good right so all you have to do is
1: go online do a consultation about your skin goals and medical history then you snap a few selfies we all love to do that's when they will create your first customized treatment plan like she said a board certified dermatologist
0: you don't even have to go to a doctor's office what They do it right from your house, and you get the cutest little bottles that have the cutest little stickers so you can customize it, put your AM and your PM, put your little sun, put your moon, put whatever you want to on your little bottle with these cute stickers to make it your own. And you know what we got, we got a deal. So you can get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash creep when you use the code creep. That's a savings of $15 which, you know, only available to you. So again, to go
1: get started, go to apostrophe.com slash creep. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash creep. Click begin visit, then use our code creep at sign up, and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Hello.
0: All right, so I know we talked about TikTok earlier, and that's actually where my story idea came from, this week. Because, you know, Colby always shows me all these things and he's like, you never do the stories I recommend. So I am Today. Is this the thing
1: that he was trying to talk about? Yes. Look, Carrie cannot stand. Y'all know this. She cannot stand if I know the story. Like if I've heard about it, if I've done like whatever, she hates it.
0: I don't know why, but she hates it. But because I want to I like the surprise and I don't want her knowing details. (laughs) I just don't (laughs) like
1: it. And so Colby was like, Hey, did Carrie tell you about? And she was like,
0: And don't tell her. And he's like, Well, I just want to tell her. I'm like, No. (laughs)
1: Literally, that's how it was. And I was like, Wait, what? What? What?"
0: like i can't just tell her about the no tell her nothing i want it to be a surprise but i really feel like she's gonna know this one so this is kind of three stories in one and how they all connect
1: what in the head and shoulders talking about tiktok did you see elise
0: yeah girl i almost said that and then i was like we've tiktoked them out of tiktok Okay, so Elise, the Elise on TikTok posted a thing where she said that she used to use head and shoulders, whether it's like the drugstore brand or the real deal, to wash her face. Did you see the dermatologist reacts guy? Uh-huh, that yeah, I loved him, it? but yeah. But he reacted to it was like, yeah, there's a little bit of research to show, because she said, like, her dermatologist told her the zinc in it, and he's like, yeah, there's a little research to support that, not a lot, but it really only helps if you have, like, the fungal kind and some other kind. He's like, if you just have, like, old acne, it's probably not going to help, but it's not going to hurt you to try, so I support it. I found one girl who was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Literally just watched it. Okay, and I'm like, oh, please, FYP, bring me back. I know. I love it. In the <laughs> comments, we were like, I'm trusting my FYP to bring me back to the <laughs> yes. answer
1: okay sorry now continue on with your sad ass story
0: everybody is like can y'all please lay off the tiktok talk i'm sorry
1: instead of a ted talk that's what you get with us look
0: you know on mean girls when she's like it's the only thing that fits me right now it's the only thing we do (laughs) okay
1: not to derail this again, but Jesus Mary and Joseph, <laughs> there's nothing about them in here, but okay. So at my job, we have this thing called donuts and it's because we're all remote. And so we just have like a 15 minute conversation, getting to know each other, whatever. Well, I've talked to this guy before and like, I mean, we work and I talked to him, but like, like this, this is my second donuts with him, which I really wish we
0: had donuts while we did this, but whatever. They're going to remote send donuts to you they Door can give us a
1: five dollar gift card somewhere but he was like so what do you have planned for this weekend or what blah 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 and i was like well hocus pocus 2 comes out you know like, yeah we're gonna watch that and he was like oh that's cool and i was like what about you literally a plethora of shit and i'm like man people in the uk they just do shit i know We started talking about, like, because he loves to go hiking and stuff. And I mean, he lives in Scotland, so it's like beautiful countryside, all the things. But he was talking about that him and his wife went on like a month-long honeymoon to like Cambodia and somewhere else. And like they actually stayed with like some of the tribes. I'm like,
0: you're an adventurer. Yeah. My Travelocity doesn't have that. (laughs) How did you find that?
1: not sponsored
0: but like legit what did you google to find that (laughs) I was like see I get
1: that but also mosquitoes love me and he was like my wife too like he said I don't know what it is about me they do not like me love her and I was like that's why I don't
0: do that kind of shit it's something to do well I don't actually know this but I bet we have the same blood type
1: Oh my God. You know your blood type now? No, I wish I did. But no, I'm so glad you said this because he had said, it must be some enzyme y'all like secrete or something. But did you know? Now y'all, this is what he told me. So take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I'm gullible with a capital G and an illible. And he said- you know, the smell of cut grass mm-hmm. that we all love and oh my gosh, it's literally like a scent, like a pheromone kind of thing that the grass, like the blades of grass send out like danger, danger. So it's like they're screaming at each other like, run, run for the hills. You about to get cut. Grass can't run. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you deserve that coughing fit back from the coffin fit now, but I said, that's freaking sad. That's Mm. freaking sad. I'm like, we're all like, smells delicious. And they're crying basically. Mm.
0: Have you ever heard that? Okay. No, but I did hear something the other day that made me sad. And by here, I mean, I read on Facebook, it said butterflies can't see their own wings. And they say, that got me thinking how some people don't recognize their beauty or how much they've grown and evolved. Oh, yeah. You said that to me. Very poignant. Yeah. Anyway, let's get on with this. This yeah, has been sorry. like so, so sorry. tangents galore. Okay, so we're going to start with Jesse Anderson. So Jesse was raised in Illinois. When he was a teenager, his dad actually died of a heart attack and his mom remarried. And not long after high school, he married a girl named Deborah Ann. That was in 1980. By 1984, they actually divorced. Probably could have left that detail out, but thank you, Wikipedia. So in 1984, he graduated with a degree in business administration And then a year after that, he remarried Barbara Lynch. And together, they had three kids. He was the treasurer at the Lions Club, did volunteer work for the Catholic Church, all the things. Well, on April 21st of 1992, Barbara and Jesse have a date night they go to a movie and they go to dinner at TGI Fridays. Was it on a Friday? Maybe it was a date night. I wonder if you get like free fries on a Friday. I don't think so. So anyway, this was outside of the Northridge Mall in Milwaukee. So the two have their date night. They eat, enjoy the night. But when they were leaving from the restaurant, Shit goes south. They get attacked, and Barbara is stabbed five times in her face and head, and Jesse is stabbed four times in the chest. Oh my gosh. When police and all get to the scene, they take them to the hospital. Barbara goes into a coma and actually dies two days later from her wounds. Bless it. Well, Jesse was... I mean, obviously injured. He had some stab wounds. I think one of them punctured a lung, but he was okay. So when police are interviewing Jesse about what happened to him and his wife, he tells them that two black men had attacked them. And there was a Los Angeles Clippers basketball cap at the crime scene that he had knocked off one of the assailants. So he's telling police, you know, all the things that happened. But the police were actually a little suspicious because the wounds to Barbara were intense. And then like the stab wounds being in the face and all of that, they're like, this just screams more anger than like a random attack. Yeah,
1: like personal.
0: Right. I mean, aside from the probable punctured lung, I only saw that on one thing, but all of Jesse's stab wounds were pretty superficial. So police are kind of like, Hmm. Well, as this story makes the news, all the details kind of come out. A student at the local university calls police and is like, hold up. That's my baseball cap. This dude bought it off of me a few days ago. (gasps) What? And so they're like, huh, okay. Well, then they do some more digging because the knife that was used that was found at the crime scene was a red-handed fishing knife. Like the, the handle of it was red. Meanwhile, I kept going red-handed like he was caught red. What You yeah, know, I'm like yeah. trying to process this. But they find out that that knife was actually bought at a military surplus store. So they go do their policing and they figure out that there was only one store that sold that knife. So they go and come to find out Jesse's the one who had bought that knife.
1: Okay, I don't know if he's guilty or not because you might be leading me up to, you know, tear me down. But if you are going to plan this whole thing, do not get a fucking speckled trout kind of thing, like red-handed, blah, blah, blah. Get like the most generic shit you
0: could ever get. Go buy like a Walmart box cutter. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't kill anybody. Like forensic
1: files, it didn't have to cover this case so far. Right.
0: So they ended up arresting Jesse and went to trial and he was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 60 years.
1: Oh God. I feel like you have a lot left to go. So he probably didn't do it. Okay.
0: Spoiler alert. He did do it. This is just like, Oh, okay. This is just like one aspect of the story. Oh, okay. But like legitimately how smart of him though, to be like, I mean, all the other shit was stupid, but to be like, let me buy this hat off this random person. Like if that kid had not been watching the news to be like, no dude, he bought that hat from me. You know, like, so it was going to have DNA of a black male on it. Like the sweat band. Well, yeah. she's looking at me like, she shouldn't understand where I'm going.
1: I mean, yes, but I feel like he could have just bought one at like a Salvation Army thing.
0: Yeah, but you don't know who's worn it. Yeah. Because he was trying to paint this narrative. Yeah. That it was two, of course it was, that it was two black of course. men that attacked them. Yeah. Well, I just feel like don't buy it yourself from the person yes absolutely that was stupid but i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's how much this was planned yeah that he was like oh i'm gonna wear something that's gonna prove a black assailant yeah it's gonna have a hair follicle or dna or whatever in it yeah okay now we're gonna talk about christopher scarver so christopher was born in milwaukee on july 6th of 1969 He's the second of five kids. And he had kind of a rough go of it as far as school. He ended up dropping out in 11th grade because his grades weren't that great. And he was having a lot of issues with behaviors. From there, he really started drinking and doing drugs to the point where his mom was like, dude, you got to get out. You can't live here anymore. And so he was kind of left to his own devices. But it makes sense though. I mean, like he's one of the older kids. He's a terrible influence on these younger kids. And she's, got to put her foot down. Yeah, where he grew up in Milwaukee though, he had a really hard time growing up because he had a lot of issues with racial discrimination in his neighborhood and it just really impacted the way he thought. But eventually he started working as an apprentice carpenter, like a trainee carpenter for the Wisconsin Conservation Corps. And from what I understand that's like a job program to like teach you a s- trade so that you can get a job, but I maybe completely misunderstood. That. When he was hired on, like when he started it, he was told by the supervisor, Edward Patz, that he was going to have a full-time job once he finished the apprenticeship program. The problem was eventually Edward got fired and Christopher was like, so um, about that permanent job thing, you know,
1: that reminds me of Rudy, you know, the football movie that as fuck, mm-hmm. but him and the head coach had it where it was like, he can play for one game. Yeah. And then the head coach was fired or left. I think he left, but then a new coach came and he was like, no. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like he had that whole thing. Just like he was waiting for that one game. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And it leads up to the saddest moment, sweetest moment ever.
0: So Christopher goes up to Edward's replacement named Steve Loman and is like, dude, give me money. Like if I'm not going to get this job, I want some fucking money. And he actually pulls a gun out. On oh Steve. my
1: gosh. I almost said, was this like a stick up?
0: Yeah. So Steve didn't have anything on him. He literally only had $15. And so he was like, I mean, here's 15 bucks, dude. I mean, like, what do you want me to do? And Christopher's like, is this a fucking joke? Like, I'm not joking. You've got to be joking. And he loses it. Christopher ends up shooting Steve Loman in the head. What? What? So from there, he goes to the site manager, John Fayan, and I hope I'm not saying that wrong. But from there, he's like, no, you got to give me more money. From the couple of different things I read about this, he was like, look, he didn't give me any money. You better give me some money. And he ends up shooting Steve two more times. Like, see, I'm gonna fucking kill you like I killed him. Oh, my God. If you don't give me more money. So the site manager, Old John is like, here, he wrote him a check, like, company check, here's three grand, like, and he kind of skedaddles and gets away. So this all went down June 1st of 1990. And Christopher was only 19 years old when he killed Steve Loman. Oh my gosh. So police ended up finding him a couple of hours later, just sitting on the stoop of his girlfriend's apartment. When they arrested him, he was like, yeah, I was going to turn myself in, like, if y'all didn't find me. He says that he knew what he did was wrong.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: In 1992, he ended up being convicted and given a life sentence in prison. Some stuff I saw said less than that, like 20 years in prison. That's a big difference. More sites said life in prison than the other. So here's the thing with Christopher Scarver. He also had schizophrenia. There's some points where he was incarcerated, where he said that he was the chosen one and being guided by God, and that he believed that basically he was doing everything that he does for the good of mankind because he was an instrument of God. So he entered the Columbia Correctional Institute, 1992, along with, you guessed it, Jeffrey Dahmer. What? You didn't see that coming? No. Okay. I thought when you said, I said the year in Milwaukee, you were going to put it together.
1: No. Mm Mm-mm.
0: Okay, so I'm not going to go into all of Jeffrey Dahmer's story because watch the Netflix series. There's no way I could do it justice. We know that he was convicted of rape, murder, all the things, necrophilia, cannibalism, all the things for like 17 men and boys. When Jeffrey Dahmer first got in prison, I think it was, like, the first year. Because, see, he wanted the death penalty, uh-huh. and they didn't give it to him. They just gave him life in prison. But, like, his first year in prison, he spent in, like, solitary confinement, essentially in protection. hmm But eventually, after about a year of it, though... He was ready to come out. He went into prison, everybody knowing he was probably going to die in prison. I mean, obviously die in prison because he had a life sentence, but like somebody was going to come for him. And there were times like when he went into general population, there was an inmate that attacked him with a shank and like cut his throat, but it was just a little bit like it was a superficial wound and he was okay. There's a lot of different accounts of what Jeffrey Dahmer was like in prison. Some stuff says like he kept to himself. He was quiet. He didn't really interact. Some stuff is like he taunted... The prisoners by making his food into body parts and then like putting ketchup on it to make it look like it was blood to like torture the other inmates they go into that in this
1: series and i honestly think it was a bit of both because at first he was and then he was just kind of like i'm gonna do whatever i want to fucking do kind of thing But it grossed me out in the series how he did it. Like, you'll know when you get to that part.
0: Also, I saw a um, a meme that was saying everybody's talking about Evan Peters' performance. And it's like, can we get Niecy Nash some credit for her? Because she did such an amazing job she really did his dad did like everybody did yeah I mean that casting was like superb now I know
1: what this whole story culminates to. yeah
0: so Christopher Scarver in his schizophrenia he seemed a little obsessed with Jeffrey Dahmer to me from what I found they didn't talk they didn't interact at all but he like kept articles about Jeffrey Dahmer in his pocket So, I don't know, it was just, he he seemed kind of obsessive about him. But one day on November 28th of 1994, Christopher Jesse Anderson, from the first story, and Jeffrey Dahmer, who were all in the same prison, they had a work duty to clean the gymnasium in the prison. Some stuff said specifically the toilet, but I'm not sure. But for one of the first times probably ever, there were no guards with them. Given his opportunity now to be with... Jeffrey Dahmer by himself, Christopher like pulls out this newspaper clipping and is confronting Jeffrey Dahmer about it. Then Christopher says he got pushed from behind and that the other two were like laughing and giggling. But I'm like, how you got pushed from behind when there's three of y'all in there? Like who pushed, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was weird. But anyway, so an argument ensues and Christopher Scarver gets a metal bar from the gym equipment and quite literally bludgeons Jeffrey Dahmer and Jesse Anderson to death. And it is gruesome how he does it. Christopher Scarver ends up getting two life sentences tacked on to his current prison sentence for the awful gruesome murders of Jeffrey Dahmer and Jesse Anderson. There's a bunch of like back and forth about why he did it. I don't think we're ever going to know. He's schizophrenic. Like he thought he was carrying out God's purpose. Mm -hmm. But also he said that it was related to the fact, all of the racial injustices that he experienced in his life and that Dahmer targeted people of color mm-hmm. as his victims. And then Jesse Anderson tried to blame two fake black assailants mm-hmm. on his murder. And that's why he did it. Then there was this whole thing where he said that the guards wanted him to do it because like they should not have been in there without a guard. So there was this whole, like, internal investigation into, did the guards intentionally leave them in there by themselves? Like, what happened there? And the internal investigation came back that the guards didn't do anything negligent. Like, it just kind of happened that way.
1: So what I remember, because I've watched a lot of shit since I finished Dahmer. See, and I haven't finished it, so I haven't. I'm assuming
0: this part's in it, but I haven't gotten there.
1: Well, I think one of the guards got called away because it was like a very small gym and the bathroom was connected to it. Also, I think they had Christopher being in the hole or solitary confinement, whatever you want to call it, for a little bit. And so when he got out, he learned all of this stuff about Dahmer like right then,
0: Mm, the articles portrayed it like he was there when Dahmer got there and he was just like reading all this stuff. I'm not sure, honestly, who was in yeah. there first. But Oh, he was in there, but I think he just didn't know about him. Yeah, I, it, th- that's not how it was presented in any of the articles. Okay. Yeah, I had
1: no clue up until now what you were doing.
0: So there was an article in 2015 that came out that was talking about, I can't remember if you said this or not, but it was a very short amount of time that they, I mean, it was like 20 minutes that they were by themselves. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like they were in this unsupervised state for like hours upon hours. Like it was a short amount of time that they were together. Also, one of the articles I read said that Christopher Scarver had the bar like concealed in his leg pants, his leg pants, the pants of his legs. That that's what he used. But then other stuff was like it was just like a bar that was in the gym. Yeah, so that's it, what it showed. Yeah, so it's there's just so many conflicting reports because you don't know what happened in that room. Only he does, and honestly, I don't know that he is in touch with reality enough to really know what he did. You know?
1: Yeah, and I don't think it was planned that day. I think it literally was. I think Dahmer. Had had to clean when he wasn't supposed to clean, there he was yeah. somewhere else, so it's not like he had that in his pants, yeah, preparing for this because it really was just like not serendipitous, but like right a coincidence that's well, the word.
0: Well, and then like that also leads to the discussion of were they really left in there unsupervised on purpose or not? Like, if, if it was just like a, I don't know, but True it seems like though, it, I mean. The internal investigation and all of that, it seems like that it, they weren't. So, Jeffrey Dahmer had a skull fracture and facial fractures. And then he was taken to the hospital, but died a couple of hours later. And then Jesse Anderson survived two days before he succumbed to his injuries. Which is kind of like his wife.
1: Yes, I was about to say. uh Barbara, anyone? Mm-hmm.
0: Just like Christopher Scarver did in the, the murder of Steve. He, like, put the bar back in the exercise room and walked back to his cell. So it's so weird, like, how their murders in, in prison were so similar to their murders on the outside. Yeah. Like, he killed Steve Loman and literally was just, like, waiting on the stoop for his, for the police to come get him. Yeah. And then just like that, just, like, went back to his room and just kind of waited. I don't really know this about... These details about Jesse Anderson because he's not fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. But Jeffrey Dahmer had already said, like, he didn't want any services held for him. So they cremated his body in September of 1995 and his ashes were split between his parents so we talked about like was it really the racial injustices that he had experienced before that caused him to do it i mean he said god made him do that when the guards first came to him he was like god told me do it you'll hear about it on the six o'clock news but then in 2015 an article came out in the milwaukee journal sentinel basically he said that he did it because jeffrey dahmer was taunting inmates by making his food into body parts and put ketchup on it blah 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 but in like a rebuttal article of that people who had investigated Dahmer from the jump were like I don't buy it that's not who he was like the taunting like that like they were like Dahmer's kind of meek like he wouldn't he's not going to be the instigator he's the one that like drugs them and then attacks them like he's not going to be like taunting which I can see that but to kind of describe him as meek He ain't that. Right. Well, how they did it in the show was he was like that. He was, as
1: they say, meek. Like he stayed by himself. No one wanted to sit by him. No one wanted to do anything. But then he started getting fan mail. Mm. And so he was kind of feeling himself on that. Yeah. And so he was like, (laughs) to kind of get back at those people. Because he would do that. Like they showed that in like his childhood and stuff, like if he was kind of pushed to that, like, oh, I'm alone. You think you're going to get the better of me? Then he started to do that. Right. So it kind of sounds like that's what happened. Yeah.
0: On the flip side, though, Christopher Scarver basically said he didn't like that those two were murderers. Like he didn't think that they should have the same title as him because of how they murdered. Like how people are like, I'm a true convict. I follow convict code. They're inmates, you know, like Uh don't call them a convict. They're not, they're not true convicts. Kind of like that. Like he was like, no, I'm a true murderer. They are Jeffrey Dahmer choosing people of color and like the cannibalism and, and uh, you know, the way he killed people. And then, because Jesse Anderson killed his wife and then tried to blame it on two black men. Like, they're not true murderers. Again, kind of like, he's like a true... You know get what I'm saying? I
1: get what you're saying, but it's that's stupid. so and it's, stupid. It, yeah, it's stupid. Because, it's illogical. Um,
0: you killed someone who didn't even have a fucking weapon. Right. And didn't have anything to do with your whole story. So, no, I completely agree with you. Again, we're never going to know his true reasoning because there's all these different things that are being said. Mm-hmm. Either way, he's going to die in prison for the murders that he's committed. Some people say Jeffrey Dahmer got what he deserved. But on the flip side, he only served like three years of his sentence. And one of them was basically in solitary confinement of protection. I don't know. I just feel like he didn't have to face the justice for anything because he... It just feels like he got off easy to me because he only had to spend three years in prison.
1: Yeah. I don't know if this is
0: true or not because it was in the show, you know. But he like found religion. Yes, he did. Yes. While he was in solitary confinement, he became a christian and was like i'm ready to go kind of thing like i'm okay with dying well you were okay with dying when you went in there because you don't want to deal with it. you wanted the death penalty because you don't want to have to deal with the consequences of your actions yes Uh, well here's my thing is that i don't think we should ever give a prisoner what they want if they want the death penalty don't give it to them yeah They're not going to have to be on general population. They're going to be on death row in a cell by themselves, not having to deal with any of the fucking prison politics. Don't give them what they want. Mm -hmm. If they're like, oh, can I go? No, no, you can't. You can't. You hurt someone, killed someone, stole from someone. You don't get to make that decision. Yes.
1: I can't wait till you see these Mm -hmm. because I think it's really like the last two episodes. It focuses on that kind of stuff. But also, if people don't want to watch Dahmer, I do want to say this. So he didn't want anything. He wanted to be cremated and stuff. But someone wanted him. I can't remember who. Like a psychologist Mm -hmm. wanted his brain. His dad was like, no, he wanted to be cremated. The mom was like, this could help people and like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, if I leave his brain out, his whole body is not cremated. Ultimately he won and he was cremated and stuff. But like, that's so hard to think of because what if they could learn from that, you know, and stuff. But then also his dad was really, he felt really guilty about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so he was just like trying to hold on to that one thing. Like I want to do this for him. And I don't know.
0: Well, and I figured it was something like that, that there had to have been some sort of fight over his body because he, like, I felt like it was a long time before he was cremated.
1: Not that you should ever kill anyone, but could you imagine being the person who killed Jeffrey Dahmer? I'm learning about Christopher. Because he killed Jeffrey Dahmer, Mm -hmm. you know? But also, like, I think about Jeffrey Dahmer's, of course, his victims, but his surviving victims. Like, holy shit, because of them, we know, like, intimate details of how everything happened Mm -hmm. and all of that. And it's just like, holy shit. Like, I don't know. It just is attached to you forever. And I don't know why, like really
0: hit me watching it Mm -hmm. but it's just like it because it's such a different perspective yes it shows the same thing of like this is what happened this is how his childhood was yeah it's all of that but it's I don't know it's just because of all the different angles that it shows Mm -hmm. and you really do get to know a lot of the victims and so it's just different and the crimes are so heinous yes and you you see it but you don't see it. Like it's very Alfred Hitchcocky in that they don't actually show a lot of it, but like you know it's there and it's awful. Yes. Well and even like
1: Nisi Nash's character, Glinda, I think was her name mm-hmm like again she's forever tied to this infamous serial killer Mm -hmm. you know and it's like she was a victim of his not in the same way as others but she never recovered from that
0: and it completely changed her life yes because again it's we've talked about it over and over and over again it's a ripple effect of things that you can't even imagine it having an impact on it has an impact on yeah. Even like when they're like, everybody's got to leave. This is a crime scene. She's like, where, the, where am I supposed to go? Right. Okay. Well,
1: we're staying in Wisconsin, uh, but we're going to Baraboo, Wisconsin. Baraboo. I like that. <laughs> okay. Good. Good, good, good.
0: Just it, that's the journalism they're here for.
1: <laughs> well, there's this old building that's been a lot of different shit in the century that it's been built. It's the Old Baraboo Inn. It's located at 135 Walnut Street. So let's talk about Baraboo as the town. The first settlers got there in 1838 and it became a city by 1882. It's named Baraboo because of a nearby river, but it's also known as the Circus City. The Ringling Brothers had a house there and performed there, but then that also brought a lot of other circuses to the town too, hence the name, moniker, whatever you want to call it. It's an old city with old buildings, but the building we're talking about is known as one of the top 10 most haunted locations in the U.S. by Food Network. The building was owned in 1864 by George and Anna Bender, They had left Germany and found their home in Baraboo in 1848. They had quite a large family, nine freaking kids. George was a brewer and was all about the loggers because, you know, he's German. Anyway, they called it Bender's Saloon. Well, George passed away in 1874, so their son Robert took over the brewery operations. Anna had the idea of turning the upstairs of the saloon into a boarding house, which she did in 1876. At one point, they didn't keep the brewery going. That's a very hard word to say.
0: Swear to God, a second ago when you said it, I almost said that. And I was like, we got so much side chatter on this episode. (laughs) They don't care that I think that's a hard word. But you said it, so I had to. (laughs) Well, they didn't keep the
1: brewery going, but they did focus on the boarding house side, which was booming because it was right across the street from the railroad. Later, Anna passed away in 1890 and had died at the boarding house. Frank, another son of theirs, took over the boarding house. However, he died in 1904, so it was sold to someone outside the family. The man who purchased it turned it back into a saloon, and instead of a boarding house, it supposedly acted more like a brothel under his management. Uh Now, in 1917, Baraboo became a dry city, and this was before Prohibition had really taken off everywhere, but it didn't matter. The city was dry, and since the man couldn't sell alcohol, he had to close the saloon. He sold it back to the benders, and two of the sons opened up a restaurant. Now, keep in mind that, you know, they were a brewing family and stuff, so they knew how to do everything. They wouldn't have to buy, like, alcohol from anyone. So, I'm not saying it wasn't just a restaurant, but, you know, speakeasy, you know, uh, because, I mean, it just made sense. Like, come on. Also, Al Capone was known to have spent time there when he was on business trips and such. Basically, they said there's a gangster's paradise up in the basement. R R I P cool yeah I know. But like alcohol, gambling, and women. And by gangster, I mean, you know, like mobster. Well, in 1929, their secret was out. And so the police raided them and shut them down. They sold the property in the 1930s. And it changed hands a lot. But it was opened as a bar by the Dombrowski family, John and Rose, in 1962. And they were the ones who changed the name to the Old Baraboo Inn. So over the years, we have had deaths in this building, the benders, and God knows how many random men. But in 1979, John was in the front area of the bar and he died from a heart attack. What caused it, you ask? Some freaky freak shit happened. A bowling ball flew through the front window and it actually did not hit him, but it was so close and scared him so badly he had a heart attack.
0: Wait, this is because of hauntings or just like somebody threw that shit? No, some shit human threw a bowling ball. Holy fuck.
1: Into the thing. And I don't know if it was a freak accident or someone legit did that as a mean thing, which I think it was because like such force was behind it. But yeah, like a fucking bowling ball? Somebody had a grudge. Also, like the Benders, their son Jack took over the business and opened it back up as a pub. Is this not to be confused with the bloody Benders? Right, different ones. You should know because you covered them. I
0: think you covered them.
1: You covered them. Are you sure? 100% sure.
0: I trust my memory more than I can't even get that sentence out.
1: Right. Does everyone have that friend who will argue they're blue in the face. Yes, I do. It's, you're sitting over there. Um, I'm right in this situation. And she really believed that I did that. Also, don't come at me with pneumonia that I'm blue in the face. <laughs>
0: I can't help. I can't breathe.
1: Also, I don't know if Tiffany rubbed off on me a little bit. But when she was thinking about not going to the doctor way back, you know, like two months ago when this all started. But seriously, like a month ago. I was like, you know, people do have walking pneumonia. Maybe yeah, I put that out in the universe. Sorry about that. Yeah, Thanks. You know I like being right, okay? We know. (laughs) Okay, so not to be confused with the Bloody Benders, Jack, their son, opened it back up as a pub. But after a few years, there was a fire and it was like really bad. Like Jack had to help his customers out to safety level of bad. The building sat vacant for almost 15 years before having new life breathed back into it. In 2002, B.C. Far, he opened up his newly renovated bar and restaurant. He had spent several years renovating it, and it seems like it was a good investment because he is still the owner today. Now, of course, there are haunted happenings going on because I wouldn't just be talking about a rando building if there wasn't something spooky in there. But B.C. Farr, you know, the current owner, he's the first to really talk about anything happening. But you remember, he had a lot of renovations he started doing, and that's really when it all started. Construction workers would see apparitions or shadows moving in and out of other rooms from the corner of their eye. They would also turn off lights before leaving work, and they would come back to find some of them on. Also, some of the workers would hear music, but it wasn't like it was coming from a radio. It was like it was being played live, but obviously there was nothing there. Along with the music, there would be other phantom sounds, glasses clinking like someone was cheersing. There were, and still are, laughs and whispers that are disembodied. And you know footsteps. Always got to have those damn phantom footsteps.
0: I look, I don't like to walk in real life. <laughs> I'm not trying to go back and forth, back and forth, back right. and forth in death. I don't want to work, and I don't want to go back and forth. Mm-mm. Well, when the renovations
1: were complete, the strange occurrences still happened, and now the staff and customers were the ones witnessing it. B.C. Farr has seen his fair share of unexplainable things since he took over the property. He said that he witnessed dishes flying off the racks, a broom levitate itself and move through the kitchen. And it wasn't like it was being thrown by someone. It was like it was doing it all by itself. He said that he would hear his name being called, but when he answered, there'd be no response. And when he would check, there was never anyone around. And there's really like four quadrants of this property that you could say are haunted. There's the upstairs apartments, which, you know, used to be the boarding rooms and the Brothel, then the front bar, the back bar, and the basement. And of course, always in the basements. And they're all kind of connected like the front bar, the back bar, and the basement, I mean. But let's talk about the walk in refrigerator first. It's noted that if you go into the walk in and the ghost doesn't like you, it will close the door on you. Nope, don't like that.
0: And then turn off the light as well. Definitely don't like that. That's fucking terrifying. Okay. The other day I left work a little early, you know, pneumonia. There was literally nothing on TV and I was just about to take a nap, but I turned it on Jumanji. That reminded me of this part that I had forgotten about. The monkeys that come in, one got caught in the refrigerator and when they open it, he's like, and like runs out and he's like freezing. And I don't know why, but that made me giggle so hard.
1: I've never seen that all the way. I've never seen the new one. Never seen either. Like I mentioned, the bar area is a hot spot for energy, not cold like the walk in, like the monkey was. But there was this one waitress, Peggy, and she said that she saw an apparition behind the bar. It was female, and from different psychics and investigators, they've gathered that this spirit's name is Mary. She was a sex worker in the brothel and sadly died there when she bled out.
0: Oh, God.
1: Some other people have seen Mary, but instead of behind the bar, she was on the dance floor.
0: Okay, girl, get it.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And she seems to really be active when a certain song by Stevie Ray Vaughan's played on the jukebox. The song is The House Is Rockin'. I don't know it, but she loves it. She said, don't come a-knockin'. Right? The barstools will spin on their own. And someone had said that they tilt down. And all I can picture is like a man tilting his hat. Like, to a woman, you know? Yeah. Some others have been, like, completely rearranged before. But, like, I would love a barstool that would dip down for me to get on. Because, you know, like, a high top is my worst.
0: Uh, Short people problems. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Also because, look, my feet will swell at the side of salt. So the idea of having to like have them just like hang down because the bar is never tall enough for my feet to sit on it, like to rest on Mm -hmm. it. So they're just hanging down.
0: If you're going to have tall stools, your tables better have that foot bar around it. yes. So I listened to this podcast called Horrific
1: Heartland and Allie is one of the co-hosts and she went and investigated the old Baraboo Inn with American Hauntings. She said that it was just the beginning of the tour and BC was behind the bar and he was just giving like an overview of the place and what they were going to do and she felt like a cold gust of air on her left side. She logged it like, okay, this happened at like 8.15, but... Kind of also shook it off because it could have been anything. But then it happened again and stayed there for about 10 minutes. And the group she was with had their equipment already going because, like, they had a lot of people. And so there were three different groups. The group that she was in already had their equipment going. And it showed, like, there was a high level of energy right in front of her. So it kind of made sense. And she was like, all right, maybe it's not just in my, you know, mind.
0: Maybe it's Maybelline.
1: (laughs) Maybe it's Mary you know what? There is something about Mary. Mine was better. You're not wrong. She said that behind the bar, she saw an SLS figure in the mirror. A what? Sorry. SLS. It's a stick figure. It's like jiggity jig, jiggity jig. Yeah. So, but it's like, those are supposed to be anomalies. They're what? They do what? Jiggity jig, jiggity jig. (laughs) Y'all are welcome. (laughs) You know what? That reminded me of Dominic the donkey. Yes great song okay sorry <laughs> when we were going to Birmingham Tiffany like maybe go there coming back she said let's sing Christmas carols I was like let's not <laughs> we can't be talking about Christmas already not even Halloween <laughs> it was just so funny and so random <laughs> all right back to the Jiggity Jigs She like was looking in the mirror, like with the SLS cam and she saw an anomaly. So she like took pictures, but she's like, all right, this is really like sensitive. So it could be like a bottle or like whatever, something on the wall that it's saying it's an anomaly and it's not. So she looked around and there was no object that it could be mimicking. No bottles, nothing on the wall that could trigger it. So she was like, okay, anomaly check. So I've talked about some stuff in the bar, but you're not even safe in the restrooms. People have noticed a woman who looks older and she just stands there until she disappears. I
0: do my privacy in the bathroom.
1: Right? People believe that it's Rose Dombroski and people smell perfume in there when they're alone and they say it's like old fashioned smelling. And another ghost you'll get a whiff of perfume is a lady in white that's known as Sybil. And you'll get a whiff of rose perfume and cigars when she's around
0: and active. Isn't the lady in red isn't that a perfume? It's a song, I know, but Oh okay. Uh, so okay. Lady in White is what I said. No, you said a lady in red. Oh. You? I thought I said white. I thought there was somebody in between. JK. But back to the
1: ladies room for one second, there's another ghost, but this is a male spirit. Psychics have like said that they've gathered this information that he's an old cowboy named Jed. He apparently died from falling down the stairs. And they say that like other cowboy spirits love to be in the kitchen and play pranks. Another ghost is one they called The Whistler, which, you know, makes me think of Let's Not Meet episode that terrifies me. And it's that whistler in the boat. Mm -hmm. I hate that story. And by like hate, I mean, I love it, but it terrifies me so much. But anyway, this whistler will softly whistle a tune in the building, but they say it's usually like a happy one and not like a sinister one. But I will say that Allie from that podcast, she said that they did hear like just a short whistle. So I don't know. In the back bar area, there's a spirit of a little boy and a dog. And some people have brought their own kids to the restaurant. And those kids have been like, oh, yeah, I played with a boy and his dog. But there's like no other kids in there. And the boy and his dog have been caught on camera or in pictures sometimes. There's a book by Amelia Cotter, and it's about the old Baraboo Inn called Where the Party Never Ends. And she interviewed several people to include their stories in her book. And so, of course, she talked to BC Fair, the owner, and he told her about this time he saw a full bodied apparition. It was a man, and he looked like he was in the circus. Like he had the shirt that was kind of like billowy sleeves with ruffles like very blouse like Mm -hmm. and it had orange stripes on it when he was like kind of looking at this man he had a blank stare and then he disappeared in front of bc's eyes so if you go down in the basement or in that back bar area there have been evps where they believe they spoke with al capone he is very chatty with investigators Also, the haunting doesn't just happen to the patrons and the workers. Even delivery people have witnessed some weird shit. Like one delivery guy said he saw an elderly woman in the front bar and he described her as wearing a little house on the prairie outfit. Other people were like, okay, what he's describing, it might be Anna Bender. But then another delivery guy saw doors move on their own in that front bar area. But don't think that the apartments upstairs are safe from ghosts either, though. Now, being above a bar and a restaurant, the tenants had to know that they were going to have some rowdy nights and stuff. But the first tenant actually complained a lot about the noise. Specifically, honky-tonk music being really loud and really loud laughter. But here's the thing. This was before it was even opened to the public. Shit was still being renovated. Another tenant was like, yeah, I'm fine here in the living downstairs, but I got an issue here in the dead in my apartment. His name is Johnny, and he said that he left because there is a female who would call out to him in the middle of the night. No, thank you. No, no, thank you. Also, Allie from Horrific Heartland, that podcast again, she said if you leave money out upstairs in a room that a spirit will in her words service you what yes so a guy in their group tried it and he felt someone sitting on his lap. Thought you were gonna say face. Well (laughs) there was another upstairs incident that was captured on SLS cameras. So if you watch Fright Club on Discovery Plus and you might need to because Jack Osborne and the Ghost Bros, they are freaking amazing. Love them. But if you do watch it, you might have heard about the old Baraboo Inn because they had a clip that showed an SLS camera. Remember, jiggity jig, jiggity jig? Well, this one was uh, basically a ghost twerking on a guy's lap. Remember that guy who had the experience on Ali's tour that left some coins for payment? Yeah. Apparently, that does happen a lot. But that's not all, folks. Then they captured two spirits that looked like they were doing the sexy spirit. Horizontal (laughs) Foxtrot. Like, and then that made me think, is there an OnlyFans account for this? Because that could be something. But the boys were hilarious. Y'all need to watch it. Like, they were just being like, this is the SLS position. Like, hilarious shit. But it's season one, episode seven. So anyway, the guys talked to BC and when they were talking, he was like, whoa, I just got touched. And the guys were like, I saw a shadow like behind you Mm -hmm. when you said that, but just figured it was like your camera guy or something from a window. One, I love that they thought he had a camera guy. He was like, uh, there's no camera guy. It's just on my laptop and there's no windows. So they asked him like right then they're like, well, can you confirm by turning the laptop around so we can see the room? Just trying to debunk it, which he did. And it really was like he was in a small room, no windows, no windows no one else was there. And then when they were talking about it, he had like this like a light anomaly like happen and they're like holy shit. Like it just keeps going on. He was like, I'm telling you, it's really active here. Damn. So another Discovery Plus show that's featured the old Bear Boo Inn is Hometown Horrors. It's season 1, episode 3 called Three Ring Terror, and it's all about the town, but this property was on it. Brenda, who was just like a patron of the the bar, she said she felt an unseen hand touch her hair when she was at the bar. She, of course, like looked around, but there is no one near her. Of course, BC, he was on this episode too, and he talked about the basement. He said that there is an execution pole down there. Now, I hadn't heard this before, but this is where a lot of the mob peeps stayed and like chilled. Yeah. So there could have been like, are you a rat? Like, say hello to my little friend. And that was a terrible try at that, but whatever. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't know why that was. And then hung them, you know, who knows? But there's really no telling how many deaths did occur during that time. But most do say that the basement has a feeling of negative energy. Brenda's husband, Dennis, has felt that negative energy. So a lot of people don't get to go down to the basement. But in 2016, he was there and BC was like, yeah, 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 I'll take you down there. He was down there and his flashlight died. And at the same time, he felt like something was crushing his body. He said it felt like his entire body was being wrapped up tighter and tighter. So he finally was able to run up the stairs and left the basement like ASAP. And also on that show, it said that since it's one of the oldest buildings in town, it was probably constructed on some Indian burial sites because a lot of Native Americans did settle in that area. But since it was one of the first buildings, it could have led to the first mounds being destroyed. So that could have been a catalyst to these experiences too. And so that's what I have for the old Baraboo Inn. In, that's hard to say, in Baraboo, Wisconsin. So please go watch the shows I mentioned Fright Club, Hometown Horrors, and listen to the episode of Horrific Heartland to hear more about Allie's investigation because, like, she had like 30 minutes about her investigation, a lot of information. But first,
0: dun dun dun. Y'all, Felix Gray is back, and I am feeling my purple frames. Felix Gray is back. That blue light is being blocked. What's Felix Grey, you ask? Oh, it's just the number one blue blocker out there. They didn't say that. I said that.
1: (laughs) But it really does block up to 15 times more blue light than anyone else on the market. These glasses are top notch, y'all.
0: And look, when Donna's had a long day of editing, working on her computer, or I have a day at work where I'm working on my computer a lot, these glasses freaking come in clutch so that you're not tired, you're not getting headaches, your sleep's not messed up. Dry eyes,
1: not here. But seriously, you might be like, oh, well, I don't work on the computer that much, but I bet you have your phone out a lot. Tablets, TV, Kindles,
0: laptops, all the things, seriously. Because here's the thing is that the blue light affects your sleep. So you're watching TV right before you go to bed. You can't go to sleep because your rhythm thing's messed up. So if you wore these glasses while you did that, well, then it wouldn't be. And you know,
1: She says, do not mess with her sleep.
0: Faux show. But they have the cutest frames and you can see them all, but it's not like overwhelming options. Got glasses for smaller faces, for larger faces. It gives you the dimensions that are very clear, clear glass. Anyway, but the dimensions are clear. So you're like, okay, well that's going to look silly on me or that's going to look amazing on me. And they have kids.
1: They have readers. And again, Carrie has a smaller face. And Donna, not so much. Well, and I was going to say you, she needs glasses like prescription, but she doesn't have prescriptions. I got a big head, lots of knowledge in it, Mm -hmm. but also my eyes are kind of bad. So I need prescription and they tailor it to our specific needs. These seriously are the cutest glasses Carrie's ever had.
0: And you know what? If you get them and you don't love them. That's cool because Felix Gray has free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. Go to felixgrayglasses.com/creep to get all of that goodness. Get the goodness and say goodbye to tired eyes and headaches. So whether you need prescription, non-prescription readers, kids, no matter what, check out felixgrayglasses.com slash creep that's f-e-l-i-x-g-r-a-y glasses.com slash creep and if you get
1: a pair tag us let us see what you look like in them because i know what you're gonna look like
0: cute with the capital c just like creep c-r-e-e-p oh that was good i feel like i had seen some of the shows that you talked about have i seen them probably not sounded familiar. Fright Club is where
1: Jack and the Ghost Bros, they watch different clips. Not
0: seen that. Okay. Love both of those people, though. Love that for them. All four of those people? Well, but but, you get the point. Yeah. It's two sets, so it's two.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love them, too. They could all get it, too. All of them can do that SLS
0: position on me. Everybody can do that SLS position on you.
1: Not everybody.
0: Name me one person that can't. <laughs> you can't even think of one. Yes, I can. I can I just didn't want to say. Mm. But I have you know. You have me know? Okay. Not you'll, you'll have me know. You have me know? Okay. Yes. Patty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your girl hasn't done any kind of position since
1: April. Just getting your bats ready for Halloween to fly that bitch. <laughs> You're not wrong. I do love to decorate. <laughs> Jeez! oh my god I ha- I forgot to put my bats up well because oh. you got them in right <laughs> oh gosh well other than that how weird is it that both of our stories took place in Wisconsin and how weird is it that it took you 20 minutes to figure out what
0: my story was
1: girl because I think because it was also in Wisconsin completely threw me off because I was like mine's in wisconsin you know and like mm-hmm. you were saying milwaukee and mine was a brewery thing so it was like it it was just what you know like i couldn't i couldn't do it could not compute no could not at all but then finally you know at the end when you said he was doing a mission from god i was like Ew. <laughs> it's that guy <laughs> like did you really giggle like that because i did inside we yeah <laughs> yeah, but I had no freaking clue. Also, I guess I just really never watched stuff on Dahmer. But I had no idea that he had a Wisconsin accent. Like, honestly, I guess I just didn't know, even know he was from Wisconsin. No, I but, didn't get that. But so when I saw Dahmer, I was like, huh. But then I, like, watched other stuff. And I was like, no, he sounds just like him. Like, whoa. I think because... Like, the whole cannibal thing, I just stayed away from it because I was like, that's so gross. It's like, a lot. I just don't want to, like, me. Like, I knew enough about him that if you said, who's Jeffrey Dahmer, I could tell you, but I didn't know where he was from.
0: I was a terrible True Crown podcast addict because, like, I should have known way more about him than I did. Same. And eventually, we're going to move past TikTok and Dahmer, we swear. <laughs> yeah. Just not this episode. Y'all are like, fucking A with the domber and the TikTok. All right, we get it. Y'all have no lives.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we really don't.
0: But when we hang up with this call from y'all, we're going to go watch Hocus Pocus 2, and I'm so excited. I am ready to cough and pee on myself at it.
1: Okay, well, I got a towel for you.
0: Well, y'all let us know what you're watching Um, even if it's not Dahmer and TikTok, we'll forgive you this time. (laughs) Tell me if you watch Vampire Academy. Thanks for supporting us, liking, subscribing, reviewing all the things. And remember, creep it real and don't don't get scared. scared.